My initial thoughts around all of this stuff, honestly, were that Google might shut AI down. AI will be bigger than social media. Like, it will change society more than social media. You know, it's like every industry can use AI. Like, Google can optimize their servers with AI. Insightful, head blown, amazing. Part of the LinkedIn Creator Program, my mission over the next six weeks is to create a podcast series where I interview other agency founders on exactly what it takes to build a successful agency. Join me as I set out to understand how they think, hopefully learn some tips and hear their stories. This is Confessions of an Agency Owner. Today's guest is Chris Branch, one of the founders of Seedly. With close to 100,000 impressions on LinkedIn and his company managing pages that achieve millions of impressions every single month, Chris is at the forefront of using AI for marketing. We discuss what this means for the future of design, video, copywriting, and much more, and why it's important to start exploring these new technologies now ahead of the curve. I found this conversation fascinating. In fact, most of it blew my mind. I'm sure you will too. Have a listen. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Very well, and you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you, mate. What are you drinking today, first of all? Uh, well, had lots of water. Okay, it is water I'm then, already, yeah? I'm already, however many this is, litres in. Okay. Two litres, two litres in this morning, so... Because last time we chatted, I mistook your um, Fanta for a beaver town, and the second time it was water for a vodka. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put anything in one of these cups, well, can't you? I it's not yeah. transparent, you wouldn't know what was in it. I could there'll have there'll be a whiskey well. in there today. Yeah, Irish coffee, why not? Nice. It's afternoon, <laughs> though, I suppose, so I'll let you... And good hoodie... <laughs> Strong hoodie, mate. Hey! Love it. Cool. So today, Chris, what I really, really want to talk to you about is, obviously, this, this podcast is all about helping other agency owners uh, and some of the challenges we face. And one of the biggest challenges is obviously marketing uh, our agencies. We've got to stand out, etc. And you mm. obviously, you know, the stuff you're doing with AI imagery and things like that at the moment is brilliant. And what I really Absolutely. wanted to understand was, like, you know, how big is that going to get? Is that something that's going to be able to help mm. us create content in future um, mm. and create our own, you know, unique content? And also, you know, um, if you can just tell us a bit really about how you create that stuff in the first place. Definitely. Um, to answer the first question, it's just scratching the surface. Uh, we are nowhere near what this is going to be. This is the very early stages. In fact, actually, um, I got the alpha rollout in about March of this year, and the beta rollout was only a few months after that. It's just mid journey, these, yeah? Yeah, well, this is to a lot of them, actually. Okay. Uh, DALI 2 and uh, Stable Diffusion. There's loads of these tools across the board. They've all got fundamentally very different business models, and some of them are coming from people that have formerly done big things. Um, so... For example, the Midjourney founder actually was a big Silicon Valley person already because he had a company called Leap Motion, okay. and uh, they made like technology that was uh, using cameras actually and like uh, sensors and stuff. So they were already very well established. And uh, so, yeah. Going back, though, to what you were saying, like um, these tools are just scratching the surface and they are already extraordinarily useful for any agency owner. And they're just going to become more and more and more useful as time goes by. Um, in April, it was just a basic art tool. And honestly, I don't think clients would have taken it that seriously. It was good for mock-ups and mood boards and stuff like that, just to give them different ideas of what you could create and do it very, very at scale. So it's, imagine that you're an agency owner that takes briefs, like creative briefs, and the brief was to create an advertisement in, um, you know, let's say for Burger King, and the brief was something really fun, like it, Burger King in the Middle Ages or something like this. Then through Midjourney, Dali 2, Stable Diffusion, whichever AI software you have, you could essentially text to prompt. So you type in a line of text that you'd like to see. Let's say it was uh, a Burger King employee wearing, you know, Barack style Renaissance clothing in the Middle Ages. Then you'd be able to go through the uh, the different AI tools that you have and see the, their different outputs because they are very different. Yeah. Dali 2 is much more photorealistic and um, Midjourney is much more artistic. 
And so you'll get different types and styles out of these, but you can essentially just submit that to your uh, prospect or client, if they're already a client. If they're a prospect, then obviously it's great if you come to the table with 10 suggestions and not one, because a graphic designer would only have the time to make one. Yeah, yeah. Um, or two, maybe, in the time that an AI tool will give you a whole bunch of different assets to show the client. And then what is frustrating at the moment Although I'm going really far on your first question, so I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, batter on about this. But this is, it, it, it leads segues into the next bit, which is repeatability and continuity is not quite there yet. So, for example, you can't get the same character twice out of AI. So, advertising it's very difficult because obviously you need. It's more of a mood board in that sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you can show yeah. someone a certain palette and style and then you can go and create things off the back of that because they chose that. But it's just showing them an example of it first. So it's more for concepts, would you say? It's yeah, it's speed of concepts right now. I'd say that's its most best use case. Like it's not the finished thing. Although Midjourney version 4, which is the latest update that only came out on Monday, is very close to ready-to-go images that could be used in advertising could even be put in billboards do you own um, these then chris or is it your idea no. that they're ip so you can't really that's a really good question nobody owns them it's nobody actually them. technically open source okay um in the uk and this is what's going to happen ultimately it's so undefined right now it's a gray area that regionally everyone will make their own rules for this like in the uk only a human can own copyright no no machine no algorithm no automation no ai can ever copyright anything so unless that rule changes you know ultimately yeah you'll never be able to copyright any of these images there's a deeper question though how could you ever, you know, where, like, essentially what Midjourney did is it scraped 10 million images off the internet. It didn't license them. Right. They're Disney images. They're from Marvel. They're from everywhere. They're people's faces. They're celebrities. There are a lot of intellectual property in that stuff. Now, because they were never licensed in the beginning, they could never be used for commercial purposes at the end. Unless the AI is changing these into unique images but then when the AI does that, you can't claim copyright to them. But there's a lot of loopholes in this, as you can already imagine, Chris. Yeah, like, yeah. If I imported this image into Photoshop and added my own little touches and stuff, that's human-based creativity. So then can I claim that secondary altered image of Midjourney? I don't know. You know, I've actually talked to a few lawyers about this because I've seen people selling these as NFTs. I've seen well, I was going to say, yeah, is it not something that you can... Because obviously it's quite a skill, isn't it? Typing in the prompts that deliver the image. Yeah, it's talking to AI. And it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about is that it's a blend of all digital skills prior. You need a bit of SEO knowledge. You need a bit of keyword spinning. Oh, old school SEO knowledge though, because it's completely old like school spamming SEO keyword tech, isn't it? Well, you, you, you remember the joke memes like pub, bar, tavern, yeah. you know, all the different variations for the word bar, basically, that people used to use. Now, imagine that, but in AI prompting, like, uh, you, you need to know those things. Like, and that's a very useful part to it. Obviously, art direction knowledge is very useful. You know, knowing people's styles, knowing contexts, um, imagination because obviously this tool is so good now that actually the differentiator is how creative you are in, in prompting it rather than being accurate. Like it used to be prompt craft in version two and three. This is before the latest update where it's like, you know, the larger the sort of keyword string, right. the more, you know, accurate the image would become in version four. It's very much turned the tables. You know, it's, it's deadly accurate with a very short prompt. Like you can type two words into it and it will be really, really accurate. So you have to differentiate yourself through the imagination and talking to AI is a really interesting skill because it's not like anything else. But it is a done. skill though, isn't it? Right. I mean, it's... Oh, massively. How many? It's a blank um... page, Chris. Like that's what people don't get. Yeah. yeah. It's just like Photoshop opening a blank Photoshop. Where do you go? Where's the first thing you go? You know, like it's not, I think people misunderstand that about this tool. They think it's an easy cheat code hack. It's like, mm. no, if you've got no inspiration, no imagination, you'll get nothing out of this. It's just enabling you to be more prolific. That's all it is. It's like, get your ideas out in seconds, not a hundred hours of Photoshop to create that image. Mm. Cause that made, you know, 
change over time. And, you know, that's just not the output you'd want, essentially. Um, text to video is about to come. It's not quite here yet. The first white paper has just been launched, though, and by no other than Google themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, my initial thoughts around all of this stuff, honestly, were that Google might shut AI down. Because in the same way I just described to you that Midjourney used 10 million unlicensed of their images, mm. you might think, you know, well, we own these images. No way. You know, this is just not happening. You're reverse engineering our IP and stuff. Turns out they're ahead of the game. They are literally the biggest AI investors in the world. And they're, they're going to be the first ones to do text to video. They're doing this diffusion model, it's called, from 2D to 3D to animation. And they're even doing, like, characters where you can imagine you create one 3D character. You can place it anywhere, in a virtual world, in, like, a game, anywhere. Like so is this them slipping into future metaverse type stuff, do you think? hundred percent. I think that's why everyone's doubling down on it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Because it's totally a uh, metaverse, but it's, it's all web three. It's NFTs. It's art. It's decentralized creativity. It's yeah. It's everything that you sort of imagine web three to be as a KPI, you know, where it's like a lot more people have access to it. It's also going to be like blockchain and that it'll all be traceable. It'll all be open source. These are the new sort of things of the future of the technologies that are coming out. Mm -hmm. And um, my favorite thing at the moment is seeing that stable diffusion, which is not as good as Midjourney right now, but it's very, very close, you know, as in like you'd still get really great assets out of it, um, is basically free. Like they're really open sourcing it. Like they're making it so that their API is available to anyone. So you can build your own tool on top of it. Oh, wow. You know, you can do all, and there's a thousand tools already built on this uh, open API, one of which is Photoshop. So now Photoshop has a little stable diffusion plugin that, again, if you're a designer and say you had a picture of a pirate, uh, but you weren't quite sure like that it was finished yet, you could prompt stable diffusion through Photoshop to say, make me a parrot. And then that parrot can overlay and sit on the pirate's shoulder. Wow. You see what I mean? Yeah. So instead of you going and searching for a stock library of parrots that you then have to cut out and then like Photoshop them in and stuff, like it's like, no, you can prompt it there and then in Photoshop itself, get your new asset and just blend it in. So this so, is one of the things that, yeah, because so, I mean, like my experience of this, myself and Jake, who sat here, we, we discovered Dali and I signed up to it and, yeah. I, and I got the email saying, right, you can use it. Brilliant. And we thought, right, what can we create? And, you know, it, it was interesting, you know, a donkey in, in Mexico and a dinosaur <laughs> watching TV. Because, again, like you said, it, the creativity side of it. Mm. And we were testing it. And, and one of the tests we did was like, right, cats and dogs in a pirate ship by a lighthouse <laughs> having a battle. <laughs> and um, it didn't come out that great. I'm not going to lie. But mm. when we discovered Mid Journey and then we, then we started having a go on that and then that's all about going into Discord, right? And, and that's all still working that out exactly but it's uh, that's a very good point mate in fact i would say you know these oculus headsets yeah um, they're the massive barrier to entry with vr you know that's a 500 quid headset yeah yeah how many people have that much money how many people have the technology you know the broadband and everything to be able to use it at this capacity um discord is a massive barrier to entry for your average consumer now what i'm noticing is that they're now going to be website prompts. So okay. you don't need a Discord server. You don't need a Discord login. They're just going to be able to do it from the website. And you won't even need a login for that website. And it's becoming more and more available to people. And some are launching their own apps, which are like downloads for your phone, which is its own dedicated app. Others, um, I think Midjourney was very clever to roll it out through Discord, uh, actually, because they realized very early on that this is going to be exploding. You know, they're going to get a million signups and you imagine the amount of like stability that your newborn app has to have and how much money it would need to have just to keep it stable for that much traffic uh, that quickly. So I, I realized that they were basically bootstrapping themselves onto an already established server because essentially that's what Discord is. It's 
unlike every other social media, is your own private server that you can customize in any way. If anyone's listening to this and was like, what the hell's Discord? Well, this is what I was going to say. I mean, you, yeah. can you advise people on how to get, just how to get started on this and how to play about with it? Because Discord, yeah. again, it, on, the, on the surface, it, it's a bit scary. You sort of think, well, what's this thing doing to my computer? <laughs> It's true, though, isn't it? I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially to no one that used AOL Messenger or MSN. Because <laughs> they're the closest things I've ever seen to it, you know? Like, if you've used that, then if you're old enough to have used that, then, yeah, you you, you sort of get where this and is coming from. And you get all these from. people messaging you and... and well, putting oh, yeah, you. that part. You know, they don't explain that part, but, like, there's certain socials that are bot-friendly, i.e., you know, AI is a bot, like yeah. essentially it runs through a bot and you're talking to a bot at this time. So um, obviously it needs to be AI and bot friendly, that place in order to have places like that. But Twitter's the same, you know, like Twitter's very bot friendly and so is Reddit and places like this. The ones that aren't are like Instagram, TikTok and LinkedIn, really. They are not bot friendly. And so anything that gets found out that is like a bot running in those places will be banned and culled. Whereas others, that's how they thrive. Mm. And so like discord opening up that to bots and stuff is very clever, but obviously it comes with its downsides in that you'll get a lot of bot automated messages come through in DMS, but there's uh, like a few YouTube tutorials and you can just go through all your settings and stop all that. Honestly, Chris, it's like, don't accept messages that come from you know automated chats and yada yada and so you can really just have it so that you are just talking to an ai in a private server you don't even need to be in their public server which is a big novice move that people make when they go well i think that'd be a concern for parents as well though right if you, massively yeah because people. anyone can prompt anything you know like i and in the beginning i thought oh god it's really interesting you know because there's certain keywords you can't put in there oh, is there really ones. there's filters on it oh yeah ma there's a huge list of them um, like terrorism, for example, blood, uh, different things like that. They just, it will just say you can't prompt this. Um, so it, it, to that parent degree, it's okay. But what they didn't figure is that you can type President Trump as the Joker. Right. You know, and then he's covered in like clown makeup and, and there's political figures that wouldn't want that, obviously. And that's really defamatory or whatever that word is you know like uh, it's really not good for their like brand or anything well that's what i was gonna say so going back school. to the ip then yeah if these because i mean look we've, we've spoken chris haven't we the challenge sort of i set you was can we get honcho logo on this what's a career yeah. thing and that was that was really hard because obviously i'd never heard of honcho or, or anything else but well it didn't even know typography that's yeah. in, now version four is like is is game changing that's what I'm figuring out really quickly is like the exponential increase of this is nothing like you've ever seen before. It's gone from super basic art tool to doing typography that would take 35 hours in Photoshop. Mm. It's really gone that far. And in what and space like, of time? Whoa. Huh? In what space of time has it gone from that? Four or five months. Wow. Because, and if you look at this, and if you go really far down the rabbit hole, you know, exponential increases come from this amount of, like, data that they're gathering. You imagine that you have a 1,000 people prompting 100,000 images a day. How many images are being made by 1.5 million people? You know, like, literally tens of millions of images an hour are being made now via these tools. And it's learning from these, right? It's learning... As it goes. Yeah, because it's always human feedback. Like, it gives you four images, then you art director as the human. You say, I like image number one. That's the most accurate towards the prompt. So you're teaching it. You're going, oh, that's what the human liked. You know, that's the most palatable to humans. Mm. So next time it suggests that same prompt to someone else, it already has an idea. Well, the human chose prompt number one last time. Out of the four variants that I gave it, it chose number one. So make an image closer to number one. So you're training it constantly, and it's getting faster and faster and faster at the training. And eventually, it just becomes so good that it starts to go spooky. Like, um, for example, I fed it uh, my co-founder's LinkedIn profile picture and then asked him to make him look like a Disney character yesterday, and it's spot on. Right, so you it's can, you can now put images into it then as well, because one of the... This early... is a new, another new right. thing. I was going to say, that's um, one of the discoveries I, we found at first, was like, well, can you put something into this and then generate it on top of it, right? And... Yes, it's only just... They took it away because it was so bad, Chris, honestly. Oh, okay. So text-to-image is the normal way of using it. 
the other way is image to image like you're describing um it was just so bad at reading the context of that image like it just wouldn't pick out anything but the blurred elements of it basically so it create some like warped and everything had this like weird horror look to it because like the eyes would be off and the hands would be off and everything was sort of like not appropriate to be used as a social post yeah and then all of a sudden it's like turning on a light switch <laughs> it's like version four just dropped and now it's like stunning at that particular thing but it's regressed in many other ways like you can't do pixel densities you can't do aspect ratios in this new version of the beta now because it's so good like photorealism but they can't blow it up with their server strength and stuff so the, the every new iteration there's new challenges and you're taking steps back and steps forward and like going oh i could make this and now i can't make that and but this is the type's great and like the logos are great and now it can read images it's great but it can't do like you know the perfect linkedin aspect ratio that's a good example you know right. it can't do those tall portrait images it can only do squares right now of like 256 by 256 pixels um so yeah there's it's one of those things where it's an ever moving like shifting thing like 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 my like marketing is yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah it never stagnates and stays still like if you don't keep up with it you get left behind so even people that use like version two and three of mid journey have no idea what version four is like it's like restarting it all over again it's quite incredible i mean one of the so, so one of the main things you were saying is like you, you can use this for mock-ups right mm. and mass what, what would be quite scary as a designer is like you could you could produce this brilliant imagery as a mock-up that you can create loves yourself it. loves it and then you go away create a piece of shit and they go well, what's this mm. so you're almost well, reversing the uh it's funny isn't it because you can go so far with this and i wonder how uh far agencies will take it like for example gpt3 and jarvis is some of the strongest copywriting i've ever read and I've, I've talked to people with 10 plus years of copywriting experience that can't write as good as this thing. It's a large language model. I mean, how could you compete with it? It's literally got billions and billions of iterations of doing the right type of copywriting. So, I mean, ultimately, you could have the agency of the future having a suite of these tools. You know, one that does copywriting, one that does the image creation, one that builds the landing page for you, one that optimizes the landing page for you, yeah, one yeah. that does everything. So, I mean... They're not to be scared of displacing your job. They are to make you have a hell of a lot more output. Like, I am, I'm honestly imagining this, and this might be something that I eat my words with in a few years, but I imagine as a freelancer, you could make a million pounds a year if you could talk to AI. Because you I'd could be a, a copywriter, a designer, a videographer. Yeah, you're everything. You're, any, you're everything someone needs to hire. If you're good at talking to seven different types of AI, like a copywriting one, a landing page building one, an image creation one, you know, ultimately that's what they would hire. And so, yeah, you could have whole teams of agencies that are just AI experts at talking to AI because ultimately you don't, it really helps if you're a graphic designer because then you know shadows and textures and you know composition and you know lots of other things that do benefit you. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. Paul, my creative director, is the best mid-journey user I've ever seen. You know, no business development manager with no graphic design history is ever going to compete on his level. Mm. So if you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm really worried that people with no skill are going to have the same skill as me all of a sudden, it's absolutely not true. The best users of all this AI are art directors, graphic designers, and people that have got a history in this stuff. They're at a massive advantage. Because if I said to you, you know, uh, what does... Wes Anderson's pastels colors look like and how would they blend together? If you weren't a designer, you would have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you are a designer, you'll go, oh, it's like light blues and pinks and this hex color and that hex color and they could, you know, tones could go here and yada, yada. So you're already miles ahead of everybody else in terms of like, this is just an AI tool. You know, you need humans to get something useful out of it. It's not going to do anything on its own. It's just a blank page. You've got a Give it what you want. And if you're not good at telling it what you want, you won't get out of it what you want. And that's as simple as it is, really, like broken down into the steps. So one um, of the, in terms of like the barriers, so like we say, with imagery, it's a case of well, hmm. who owns it, copyright it, you know, can you be a designer? 
create something in yeah. mid-journey and sell it as a piece of artwork to a client as an advert. Well, there's very specific things on mid-journey. If you go and see their announcements tab on their Discord server, um, actually there's different terms based on how big your company is. Right, so I was going to say, so for an SME, you could easily create a burger van thing in this, well, no one's this ever going to know. They're right? actually but, trying to help, and that's okay. why it's really useful to know the history of these things, right? Because... Dali, the one that you mentioned, yeah. is OpenAI as well as Stable Diffusion. Those guys, I don't know who their ideal customer is, but Midjourney literally says if you turn over a million pounds a year, then you owe us 30% of any commercial oh, really? that you get from this. Yeah, if you sell it through blockchain or NFT or something like that. Whereas if you turn under a million pounds, they don't ask for anything. So, so theoretically, really you, could sell, it, you could sell them as NFTs or something and just give them a 30% cut and you're still making money from it. 100%, yeah, yeah. The problems may come is when those IP is something like Disney or Marvel or yeah, somewhere where yeah. their lawyers are going to go, well, what the hell are you selling Disney or Marvel NFTs for? So if you really want to go down the NFT space or even, you know, printed merch or something like that, what you'd want to do is go for more vague prompts you know that didn't reference a particular artist didn't reference a particular famous person they were just like hyper realist cat or you know hyper realist this or you you're choosing a general mock-up style which isn't attached to someone's ip mm. and that's really key and I, and i've been trying to do more of that myself like it's counterintuitive because if you think about it for social posts, you want to use pop culture, right? Like, because that's what people know. And so obviously that's the best sort of social post to make. It's like Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Baroque clothing like I did today or like Daft Punk, Cyberpunk, you know, those two mixes. But instantly, Cyberpunk, no one owns it. Daft Punk, massive IP issue. Yeah, yeah. So it would make a viral post then everyone wants it printed on a t-shirt, but that's not the one you can print on a t-shirt. <laughs> Whereas if you made cat cyberpunk, no issues. Anyone could print that on a t-shirt, sell a million copies of it, no problem. No one's going to be chasing you, essentially, you know? There's no Disney lawyers, there's no Marvel lawyers that are going to come knocking on your door because none of that was in their intellectual property in the first place. Whereas, yeah, if you're using pop culture references or anybody's name, essentially, you know, if your prompt includes Van Gogh, Frida Kahlo any of these names, yeah. you're instantly going to be coming, you know, that's your barrier to entry. Probably social is the last place you should post it. Like it's fine to post on social because you're not directly benefiting from it through monetization. Like you're not actually, you know, commercially benefiting directly off that image. You might get a lead for Honcho, but that's got nothing to do with the NFT, you know, or art or anything. That's just, are oh, they like what you posted? And then they had a chat to you about your other services. There's no commercial ties there. Whereas if you literally posted it and then someone said, oh, can you list this on OpenSea, like the NFT platform? And then you did do that. Yeah. Massive trouble. Right. So what about copywriting? So obviously mm. AI copywriting, Google's in their helpful content update. Uh, for example, you know, they're saying we're, we're looking out for this. But then you're, you're saying a moment ago that it's some of the best writing you've ever seen. Some of the best I've ever so seen. So how, how do you see that game going? Who's going to win that game? The AI or Google? <laughs> Google is AI. That's all okay, you're telling. So it's AI detecting AI. Yeah. And that's what's interesting about this. When is it that we're going to start seeing on social media, Chris? This was made by AI. Yeah, because yeah. Because ultimately, they're going to have to flag all that stuff when it gets super photorealistic. You know, like yeah, I just like gave... the influencers with their their filters on their uh, photos, right? Exactly. Instagram literally rolled that out, didn't they? They said this is a manipulated image, and we can tell because we have a Photoshop scanning tool, and now we can tell that you know that they pinched in their sides, or they reduced the weight on their face, or they did something like that. It's because, and I get it, you know, completely actually from the perspective of like teenage girls and stuff. It's a mental health nightmare. Yeah. If yeah. you don't know what's real, what's to you know strive for, what's not even possible, what's AI, what's you've got no idea. So. Ultimately, I don't know how they'll ever tell that AI copywriting is by AI because it's that human-like. It's actually crazy. Now, I'm saying that on behalf of Jarvis. I can't say that for any others. I've used some really crappy ones, you know, and I think that's what's going to make the massive difference here is that there's going to be AIs that are going to be indistinguishable from normal customer service, and then there's going to be really basic 
crappy ones like there are in everything you know in every niche in every industry you're going to have your google level people and you're going to have the uh, startup level people so i mean google have actually had their own engineer worried about the sentience of one of their own ais and obviously that's easy to sort of um convince someone as an ai customer service that you you might be having fear of dread and stuff emotions basically because it's very good at mimicking us apparently they're the very first chatbot ever created actually someone thought it was sentient because they'd never seen something like that before so you know it's not surprising that in 2022 we're already having premonitions of this thing having consciousness because right. ultimately you know when does intelligence surpass a level whereby it becomes conscious we don't know you know artificial general intelligence is what all of these goals are you know but they're not they're dumb like these ais are so dumb like you could make the best ai and th this happened right? right the best chess champion in the world got beat by an ai uh it's called alpha go and alpha something else and um uh, like ultimately you think oh my god we're done for hasn't that you know, been happening like, since like the first chess machine that well this is what i'm saying it's like all the predictions about this stuff have been very, very wrong. If you go and watch any 80s or 90s sci-fi, they think AI is going to be malevolent. They think it's going to be emotionless. They think it's going to be all-encompassing. And what is it? It's creative, it's emotional, and it's dumb. That's what it is. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of what everyone predicted it would be. And who thought that it would crack creativity first? Like yeah, that's like yeah, yeah. 20, 20 steps after what you'd expect it to be good at first. Mm. You know, that's so far. We thought we were special. We thought that we were special and that creativity was something it would never get a hold of. Unique and to humans. How wrong were we? Amazing. It's, it's stunning, isn't it? Like, yeah. Well, it's just I, amazing what it can produce. Like the, the images, <laughs> like I say, that you share on social are just incredible. And you know, the best designers in the world would love to be able to create stuff like that. But like you said, it's I think incredible. they will. I think they will. You know, ultimately, if you were going to play Grand Theft Auto or one of these giant games, you know, that's just got a huge map, um, uh, like think, uh, I'm not a gamer anymore, like Skyrim or something like that. Now imagine that you had games design characters that made like 10,000 characters for that. And it's like, great, that took five years of development. Yeah. And all of their skill set and all of their hard work. And ultimately, it could be a flop like Cyberpunk, uh, that game. Well, oh, Grand Theft Auto is a great example, isn't it? Because, um, you know, mm. you have the same, same 10 people walking around the city, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Now, imagine that they were indefinitely generative and mm. that they never repeated ever. You would play that game a yeah, hundred yeah. times longer than you would. And it could be ultimately never ending. Like the world could generate faster than you could walk through it. So if you're going to be really good as a games designer in the future, you're going to have to be really good at talking to AI and how to make generative characters. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you're still going to be, you know, designing those characters and giving them just like NFTs are right now. You can give them all the characteristics and then make them randomized. You can fix them in different ways. You've, you're training this thing. Ultimately, you are responsible for training this thing. But like, yeah, it's just going to be a different methodology in which you do so. Because games that ultimately only design 10 characters will die compared to ones that have millions of iterations that's never ending. Mm. Like you just, it's like going from dial up internet and saying, oh, you know, there's this gigabit broadband in 2022, but you've got to go back to dial up now. Like, I don't think anyone's going back like that. I'm plugging you know their I mean? house like, phone to get on the internet. Exactly. Like, how many people in the future are going to be buying games where they don't have generative characters in it? That's what I want to know. Mm. It's like, ultimately, that's such a big step that you would not really buy the old... It would be like buying a PS1 now. Why do you know what you I mean? That? Yeah, exactly. It, you might do it for the nostalgia. You might do it for the same reasons that other people keep... Do, you know, why are they like um, samurai sword makers still? You know, why does that still exist as a like profession? Because it's nostalgia mm. and they get really high prices. It's a really hard skill. It's a very labor intensive thing. It didn't go away. And that's what will happen with all of this stuff. Like no one's displacing designers. They just have to work in a different way. If they want to be more prolific in the future, no one's displacing copywriters. 
they just have to be able to talk to AI if they want to be able to charge a million pounds a year. Otherwise, keep going with your old school offline copywriting and so be it, you know? It will become a rarer and rarer skill that's actually more and more valuable, actually. And people always worry about that. It's like, no, when the internet was invented, we didn't all stop reading books. You know, just because the internet's there doesn't mean that everyone stops doing the other thing. And that's what people seem to be getting wrong, Chris. I get really passionate about this because everyone's telling me lately, oh, why is why are you work for a design agency and you're not, you know, hating on all this AI? It's like, because it's the best thing since sliced <laughs> bread, maybe? You know, like, you're looking at this entirely wrong, mate, is what I tell people. Don't fear this thing. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, because it it's, it's seen as a threat, isn't it? I mean, like you say, the copywriters Absolutely. think they're going to put... Everyone's uh, job, seeing it as a Graphic threat. designers, videographers, you name it. It's not... But it, like yeah. you say, it's just using it in a different way. It's not like... Yeah, no one reads newspapers in paper form, but they still read I honestly news. don't see why people see it that way. Like, every person that's tried to explain to me why they think that that's going to be such a bad thing, I can instantly poke holes in all of their things. You know, they'll go, oh, it's going to make people with a lot less skill be able to have, you know, what I trained myself for 10 years to do. And then I give them that same thing that I told you before. I was like, no, actually, art directors are much better at using this than normal people. Like, your history of learning everything that you did is not for nothing. Mm. It's actually massively beneficial to getting the most out of this tool. And they go, oh, really? I had no idea about that. So, and then they're going, you know, they're saying all this stuff without ever having used it. I'm like, have you even tried it? <laughs> Because the people I know that are up all night and not sleeping and talking to their wives and stuff, these aren't just random people. These are art directors just like you, mate. You know, the people that are getting the most out of this are people exactly like you. And then they're often going, oh, I thought this was like, you know, everybody's just on this. And I'm like, no, if you look at the actual data and even the way they rolled it out, they rolled it out to art directors first. They did it the right way, Chris. You know, they could have just gone, right, all you illustrators, we don't care about you. You know, all you art directors, let's just give this to the public, yada, yada, yada. And that's not what they did. Mm. They give it to the very, very good art directors first, made sure they got their feedback about it so that it was more appealing to people like art directors because ultimately they know that that's the people that are going to use it in the future. You know, it's going to be people that are using this for commercial purposes. It's going to be people that are using this to, you know, get their business to more people, social media content, all of that stuff is ultimately going to be used for that purpose, not just by random people that want to see random images of dragons in China. <laughs> or dinosaurs in an armchair of a TV remote, which is the one we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what about video? Let's move on to video. So mm. again, how can creators use this tool? You know, I mean, are we going to see much higher production style, you know, influencers or whatever using ai video mm. to create almost movie-like scenes on their it's so on their tiktoks it's because video is not actually available to the public yet the white paper from google came out two weeks ago right so it's super fresh you know and they've got some really fun examples in that white paper i have read it um and it explains the diffusion because it is hacking a 2d system video is not really ready yet they're making 2d images 3d somehow and they're using a very interesting sort of scientific algorithm in order to do it in like cost effective time. Cause otherwise it could take three hours to generate a video, mm. you know, instead of the 30 seconds it takes to make an image. Cause it's tens of thousands of images layered on top of each other in three sixty degree angles and stuff. So it's really much more complex, you know, like the order of magnitude complex than making images. So honestly, to predict where that's going to go is very difficult because I haven't even had actual alpha access or beta access to any of these yet. Um, but the fact that Google's doing it is very telling. Mm. You know, why Google? Why them? You know, I thought that they might go completely against all of this AI stuff. Say it's completely, you know. Well, they know there's a shelf. There's got to be a shelf life on us typing in words into well, a search bar. I know right? They've got to find the next thing. <laughs> maybe not tomorrow maybe the same way that years, you just but... mentioned the google update is looking for ai copywriting you know ultimately google is an ai company yeah, so yeah. it's from well, that they base their whole the whole algorithm for seo is is you know exactly. learning all the time you've got the, the exactly. updates like mum etc which do that then you've got um ppc now 
It's all right. black box. It's yes. all black box. And it's, again, it's like you say, it doesn't put PPC people out of a job. It's about how can they strategically use that AI to get the best results. But the, their whole paid search model is, is going towards, you know, performance max and things like this, where it's mm. using its own AI to determine when it shows ads and what it shows in those ads. Well, that's what I mean. And so from that perspective, it's not surprising at all that Google is doing this. Mm. But from the perspective of like what you think is ethically correct and not, that's surprising, yeah. you know, because ultimately if Google is the first one to produce a text to video image and they don't do all of the culling of like, you know, and they'll find creative ways around it. Everyone does, you know, like Trump and Joker, you know, these are two people that are fine to be prompted and blended together. Mm. And so yeah. that creates like a very awkward image, you know, honestly, it does. And you could plaster that all over social media. And so that is going to be the worry about all of this stuff is that, people will always find creative ways to get round barriers. You know, look at Grand Theft Auto as a great example. Like, they actually had, like, left, right, left, right, and then you get ultimate gun unlocks. You know, cheat codes. Yeah, it's yeah. Cheat codes. So, yeah, people will always get around these things. And it's like, it's just surprising to me that Google's throwing themselves in the deep end of the swimming pool, as in they're going to get a lot of flack for the content that's made in their text-to-video generators. But ultimately, if they're the ones behind the first one, Chris, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, going, yeah. You know, I've already seen Silicon Valley like people, like these big hedge funds and angel investors pouring billions into this because it's the new dot-com. You know, no one saw this coming. Everyone thought, AR, VR, one of these acronyms is going to be the next big thing. AI, in the beginning of 2022, hardly talked about. Mm. Now is probably sideswiping as the most digital thing of the future. Like, in fact, it's hard to see with the Pandora's box open now, even if it got banned across the board. You know, like, even if USA government said no, UK government said no, it'd just go underground. Yeah, yeah. Everyone would be doing it in private Discord servers. You can't get rid of it now. Like, to people like me, I've gone from being able to make one crappy Canva Im image a day to making 600-plus studio-level images wow. per day with doing a whole day of work, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting on my computer just passively art directing a tool in the background whilst chatting to people whilst doing linkedin posts whilst doing all my normal stuff it's not even hindering me i'm still just in the background getting 600 images a day if i want crazy you know it's that's what's unbelievable about this you've gone from being having this output to just going boom. you know you literally could have as much output as you want um, some of them don't even limit you to making 10,000 images a day. So, so do you, you have to pay to be able to have, you know, a license to, to be able to create unlimited images or, you know, how does it work? No, uh, there's different licenses and there's what's called, these, they're all very different. Like, you know, uh, with user interfaces for music software, like DAWs, I used to work in digital audio workstations. So like logic is completely different to reason, completely different to pro tools. Like you got to think of it like that. Like, um, so in mid journey, it's called fast hours. Right. And so they'll give you, uh, depending on what tier that you subscribe to, you get a certain amount of fast hours, which just basically means it makes images faster, is, is prioritizing your bandwidth with the AR. Okay. That's the way to look at it. Um, and then in other places, yes, it's like you have to subscribe to different tiers to get a certain amount of images out, like total numbers. So it's not about how fast the images are made, it's about how many you get as an output. And then there's others, which is open source, which you can literally get unlimited images out and you don't even need to pay for it. But then those images aren't quite the crisp level of mid-journey. So it's all about where you are, like what type of car do you buy? You know, like if you're a Mercedes, I guess you're a comfort and a style and a fashion. If you're a BMW, then you're a, you know, a speed and a whatever and a whatever. Like these are the things that you've got to think about when choosing your AI tools. It's like, what are the main features and benefits of the cost model versus what I want to use it for? So if you were an art director that really liked making stuff with AI, I'd go for Dali too, because it's much more art directable. If you're someone like me who wants a crazy level of like, good-looking images that you just wouldn't believe, Midjourney is absolutely the one for you. If you're someone that already uses Photoshop and is, you know, just wanting to add assets, Stable Diffusion, 100% of the way. 
And so, yeah, you're really going to choose based on what your use case is as to which one suits you best. Um, I wonder when someone will create an, a tool which includes all of them. You know, mm. when someone going to make a dashboard that has Jarvis, Midjourney, and all of that plugged into it? Because that will be the next natural stepping stone is that someone just creates uh, like a login whereby all of these are ported into one place. So instead of you needing to go to Discord to use Midjourney and then go somewhere else to use Jarvis, it's all in one dashboard. You know, that's where I ultimately see it going in a suite of tools, uh, a suite of AI tools that you subscribe to, almost like Adobe Creative Cloud. Whereas like they bundle them in and you pay like a hundred dollars a month and then you get access to a bunch of these different tools, um, and you can sort of pick and match them as to the ones you want. Like if your agency does provide copywriting, obviously you're going to get Jarvis. If it doesn't, what the hell would you need it for? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's what's going to happen. So amazing. I'm interested to see when that comes out and how much will it be. But the last thing I'll finish up with is yeah, can go. you believe how cheap they are? Midjourney is thirty US dollars a month. Wow! So it really is accessible to anyone, isn't it? And I think massively accessible. The tech is the the big inaccessible bit. You know, the Discord login server, the understanding Discord, the learning how to prompt. Mm. But you know, biggest open library in the world, YouTube. You can go and learn everything you need in ten minutes of a video. There, honestly, like um, it's just about yeah. Then doubling down on it because. It's not going to be like anything you've ever used. If you've never used Discord before, it's not like any other social media platform. It really is a private server, and you've got to think of it like that. That's why I was giving it the MSN and AOL yeah. comparisons, because it's not like LinkedIn or Instagram. Or you've used it, right? Like it's not like any of that stuff. And you can you can build it out to be private, and you can build it out to just talk to the bot on your own. Like you're saying, if you're a parent worried about kids getting on this, you ultimately need to set it up for them. As though you were going to put a lock on your internet or on your TV so that they couldn't access channels that were going to show them really bad stuff. Because ultimately that is where the public is at the moment with Midjourney on their own server. It's like anyone's making anything and you can't control any of it. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you invite it to your own thing, you can just chat to it one-on-one and only prompt what you want it to see and you can never get any sort of like that's a serious thing to worry about though like it is damaging mentally to see the images that people make yeah yeah you know whatever they feel like it can be really really weird horror gory you know it can be all sorts of stuff that you just wouldn't want to see in your normal daily basis mm. at an agency job like it's just it's so it not does need, it needs some sort of governance work. doesn't it and it's so early at the moment but it does need some sort of governance yeah it's the wild west yeah that's why where it is it's like we're in the saloons doing shootouts mm. that's really where it is but that's like, the exciting thing as well though isn't it about about what's happening in the minute it's this is the beginning of something else and, and if you can find a way of using it and understand it then you know there's a really good opportunity i think you've said the most important thing this whole interview mate mm. if you get on it now you're an early adopter yeah, if yeah. you get it on it in a year everyone's gonna everyone's know. doing it you know, so the hype's died down. There's already experts at it. You know, it's very hard. Like, I've noticed this as someone that's worked in digital for a long time. Like, any time that there's a new horizon, i.e. a new thing comes out, you will start from scratch. There is no experts. Like I said, you no, can have yeah. previous things that help, like design expertise and stuff. But they can only help you so far. You know, they're not going to make you any more of an expert than if you were just going to really get into it now. Like, if you had no skill set in this, no background in this, you could start from a standing start now and be, you know, get lots of traffic from social media because it's the hot topic at the moment. But that will die down. You know, no, don't get me wrong. This is AI will be bigger than social media. Like, it will change society more than social media. Wow. So that's a big statement. It's a big statement, but get a picture of your name under it. It's in every industry, mate. You know, it's like every industry can use AI. Like Google can optimize their servers with AI. It's going to do customer service. It's going to be a better chatbot than we are. Like, like it, it's going to be bigger than social media. Like almost, it's, it's projected to be a 20 trillion industry by 2026. Wow. So that's all you need to know, really. Yeah, yeah. Is that like it's already projected to be bigger than social media in four years of launching. You know, to a public rollout, which social has been out for decades. Mm. So it's, it's going to be like the TikTok to Facebook, you know, like comparison. Like, 
you know, how long did it take Facebook to get a billion users? Well, TikTok just did it in three months. You know, like it took Facebook like five years or whatever to get to that many years. And TikTok just did that. So that's what AI is going to do. As soon as everyone realizes what this is capable of and how it could benefit their business, everyone under the sun is going to be using it. But right now, 0.00001% of people are using it. So if you're in that early phase, that's why I'm saying it's the most important thing what we're saying this whole thing is like talking about it now is like when you can win from it. Yeah, if you join yeah. in six to 12 months, God help you, you know, like, I mean, you're really going to be struggling because there'll already be people that would be experts at it. And it's no longer got the hype that it had before. And there'll be just lots of things that will be difficult to get into it. You know, like that's why early adopters always win in this stuff. There might even be something better than it, you know, in 12 months. And then, and then it's on to the next thing. But yeah. It's crazy stuff. Right, Chris. Crazy times. Insightful, head blown, amazing. <laughs> well, um, how can people see your amazing imagery on social? Oh, cheers, yeah. So on LinkedIn, we've got tons of theme pages. Um, one's called Artificial Inspiration. That is where we just post Midjourney Dali to. So if you're really interested to see some visual examples of that output and just re really where the algorithm is, like, because we always go into the communities and make sure it's on the day, like this is an image made that day. So it's the ability of the AI as of that day. Wow. Um, that's where to find us on LinkedIn. Seedly is the overall agency page uh, where we post other things. But yeah, my personal uh, is Chris Branch with a little coffee cup emoji after, so you can't miss me. And I'm also holding this exact coffee cup, but I photoshopped it to be in my Seedly logo there. You need to, uh, you need to photoshop that hoodie in, mate. <laughs> yeah, I do, to be fair. I'm loving this, mate, honestly. Thanks so much one. for sending it. No, I've welcome. been living in it, literally. We need to get you another colour. We'll get some new designs out soon, and we'll well maybe we could do one from uh, Mid Journey or something. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I mean, now we've got type. Yeah, it's brilliant. Last little bit I'll say, right? It can't do three letters right now. <laughs> L I and T. Oh really? No. It every time I try and prompt an L I or T, it makes like an I with an R bit coming off of it or something. It just can't get those three letters for some reason. Oh, that's and that's what I'm saying about the AI ability. It changes every day. Like yeah, yeah. I'm sure in a week it will be able to do L I and T. Yeah, do it by next Wednesday. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> by the looks of it, like I mean, it's it's rapidly evolving. So, God knows, but yeah. And that little umlaut above the O, when are we going to get that? Or, you know, well, yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, like, when are we going to be able to do special characters? Like, God, oh, that would be really cool. Or barcodes. Uh, you know, like a dream, wasn't it? It was get that barcode in there. Yeah. I know. And yet it would always come through one key or something would be slightly off about it. So it's like, oh. We'll get there. Right. I'll let you go, mate, because uh, I've already taken up too much of your time. <laughs>